So that's what kept me going. There was no excuses. When you're at your bottom, it seems like it's probably the best place to make that decision because where else are you going to go? Before we get into today's episode, have you gone to immensedesigns.us yet? Make sure you take advantage of what Tanis can do for your brand. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams. And today we've got Justin Colby. A couple quick things about him. He is from Phoenix. If you want to find his podcast, it's called The Science of Flipping. This guy does over 100 deals. So he actually has the science down to a T. And back in 2005, he got out of some of the sales, started becoming a realtor, and realized he may have been on the wrong side of the table in 2007. And he's been killing it since... Welcome to the show, Justin. How are you? Thanks, brother. I really appreciate you having me on, man. It's really good to have you. And I want to get into your superpower, Justin. So tell us a little bit more about what made you get into real estate investing. It's funny because I was a realtor and that was not my thing. I hated it. And uh, from that point, the market crashed. I was making a ton of money, um, but it wasn't because I was good at being a realtor. It was because everyone in real estate was making a ton of money. So market crashed. I lost everything. My house went to foreclosure. Uh, my car went to the repo guy. Not kidding. Uh, I had to walk away with $40,000 of credit card debt. I mean, I literally was a statistic of the crash. Um, and from that point, um, I knew I wanted more. I knew I deserved more. I didn't like being a realtor. So I said, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. But I loved real estate. And I jumped into flipping homes in 2007. It took me roughly nine months to get my first deal. Um, in my first year, we closed two deals, me and my business partner. And uh, then we closed six and then 20 and then 46 and then 96 and so on, so on, so on. Wow. Let, I just want to go into that very first deal that took you nine months. What mm -hmm. were the numbers on that? What did it look like? What did it feel like doing your first deal? It felt like eternity. Nine months is a very long time when you have no income coming in. So for anyone out there that is, is listening to your podcast or out there struggling to get their first deal out there, you know, making the excuse that they don't have enough money to get in the industry and whatever else, trust me, I feel your pain. I was there. I did it. I went through it. I ate a ton of shit. It was terrible. I was eating top ramen and hot dogs, literally sleeping on a buddy's couch who I was fortunate enough that was nice enough to let me do that. Um, but I had the energy and effort and drive and desire um, and passion to be successful at this. So that's what kept me going. There was no excuses. When you're at your bottom, it seems like it's probably the best place to make that decision because where else are you going to go, right? What else do you have to lose? So I figured, hey, I have nothing else to lose. I'm giving it my all. If I fail, oh well, <laughs> I'm still sitting on a couch, right? So that's what I did. And I started cold calling realtors uh, because I didn't know anything different. I didn't, there was no other coaching. There was no one else to guide me. I just, I said, well, who has homes to buy and realtors do, right? So I would cold call realtors. A hundred a day was my goal every single day, uh, except for Sundays. And, uh, you know, making as many offers as I can through realtors. And finally, nine months later, one popped made seven grand because it was kind of a whole tale where at the time there was transactional funding, really quickly kind of turned it and uh, we were off to the races. Getting that first deal done was the biggest confidence boost I've ever felt in my life because I realized I can do it. Now I just got to figure out how to systemize it a little bit more and put some strategy to it. 
I love it. So when you're sleeping on a couch yep. of your friends and you've got some friends and family members that are coming to you and saying, Justin, it's been six months, it's been seven months, it's been eight months. Yeah. Justin, it's almost been a year and you, you're just crazy. Why are you doing this? Well, what was your response? Um, my true response is I, I kind of just ignored them. And I would always, I know this, I don't want this to sound so hocus pocus, like, but I would just talk so positively all the time, right? I would find the silver lining every day. So when my dad, my mom, my aunt, my family, friends, like, bro, what's up? Like, you still haven't made any money. What's going on? Like, you're, I'm still buying your beers for you, right? Yeah. Um, my response would be some, something positive, quite frankly. It'd be, bro, I'm so excited. No, I got it. But I just made six offers today. There's this one I really like and that would be how I'd handle it because I didn't have anything else to say to them. So even if they were coming at me in a negative light, because I was taking action, because I was actually doing things, it gave me a confidence and an ability to speak positively. Because if you guys have ever heard me anywhere, if you've seen me on stage, I talk a lot about the best way to conquer your fear. The best way to conquer anxiety is to take action. And so because I was taking so much action, even though people were talking or asking me negative questions or whatever, my answers were always positive because I was making progress. I love it. I'm, I'm a lot there with you. And uh, I, I think that a lot of people that are kind of starting into the business, they might be at that six, seven, eight, nine month mark. Totally. Uh, totally understand what, it, what you're saying. And if they can keep the light, if they can keep positive, I mean, I own over 100 units now. You own, you, do, you flip over 100 uh, properties every single year. So it's just yeah. that drive and just keeping it going. You're, you can't fail if you don't stop. That's absolutely true. Amen. So you, did, you did two deals, then six, then 20, then 40 something, then 90 something. And now you've basically systemized this You've got it going on autopilot for you, 100 plus deals. Can we talk about more of the systemizing? Yeah, that's the big thing that I've been focusing on over about the last four years or so. I have a business partner. Um, he doesn't get a lot of the shine or credit, so I try to give him the shine or credit because without him, it would be, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, right? Because he's able to put a lot of the systems in whatever together as I'm out driving and turning the wheel, right? So um, it's a, it's a, gift and a curse, meaning I've been able to scale my business. So I've implemented people into my business, which obviously there's a cost to, but that's allowed me to create certain systems that I can measure every single week. And I can measure my key performance indicators, my KPIs, because I've learned based around this marketing strategy, whether it's cold calling, door knocking, direct mail, PPC, over time, I've learned that's how many leads are coming in out of the leads that are coming in, how many am I getting in contact? How many offers am I making? And simply systemizing how many leads to how many offers to how many appointments to how many closings has really just taken my business to the next level. That's where I consistently can make seven figures a year is because um, I have a system that every week we measure. And if we're not to where we expect to be based around how many leads come in, um, then we know we have to tweak something. And yeah. so to start for those of you who are out there possibly just starting understand marketing is your lifeblood if you're not bringing any leads in you have no opportunity to close them the next phase is your conversion right so if you become the best marketer possible again raise your hand if you don't have any money and you got to figure it out awesome so did i so i was cold calling if you need a door knock door knock if you need a co-wholesale co-wholesale there's ways and strategies to do this 
that you don't need money truly. Um, so awesome. One quick question is when you're, you've been doing this, you've been successfully doing this for some time. My question is, do you coach or mentor others to be able to get into this business? Yeah. Starting in 2007, I start, or I'm sorry, 2010, I started my podcast. From that point, I started getting a lot of people who were actually asking me, Hey, I want, I need a mentor. I need someone to guide me. Um, so to date, I've coached or mentored, uh, well over a thousand people. Um, and so I love doing that. Now my time is very sensitive, so I only take on a handful of people at a time, but yeah, in, in, um, it's something I have a passion for. And a lot of people ask me why you already have this business and why do you do this? And, um, it's because I have a purpose to be able to give back to other people. Um, obviously for my time, yes, there's a cost, right? I'm not mother Teresa in that sense, but, uh, I know a lot and I've made a lot of mistakes. The reason where I'm at, where I'm at versus where some others are is I go for it. And that means I've made mistakes and that's okay because I learn from them and then I can teach and help others not to make those same mistakes. So, um, yes, I, I love it. I love, and then I have a whole mastermind where I've about a hundred of the best real estate investors across the nation, uh, that I do the very same thing. We meet four times a year and I do the very same thing to give them the best advice I possibly can. What's the name of that mastermind group and, and are you ever letting other people in it? Yes. So the mastermind's called the boardroom. Um, I partnered with Kent Clothier and Sean Terry. Um, and so, yes, we are looking for the right fit. We do not take anybody. I don't care if you have $100,000 to give me. If you are not the right fit for the mastermind, we will not accept you because uh, it can get very, very personal. Um, everyone's exposing their secrets of their business. And so we, we are selective, but we awesome. are looking for the right fits for sure. Awesome. Something that you said earlier, I wanted to bring that back just a bit because you were saying that you're adding more people. As you were scaling and systemizing, you were adding more people. Yep. And so I just wanted to mention that to some of the listeners is there's two ways that the two big ways that you can actually leverage. You can leverage other people's time and you can leverage other people's money. So I believe that OPT is just as useful of a tool to implement in your business as OPM. Is, would you say the same thing, Justin? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, that's where my specialty comes from. It's kind of my superhuman power. Um, I'm naturally a born leader and I don't say that cocky or, you know, it's just something I've been blessed with. And so being able to hone in that leadership talent skill, which takes, you know, you got to develop the skill like LeBron, he's an incredible athlete, but he still has to develop his skill of being a basketball player. Same thing. I was blessed with the ability to be a great leader, but I still got to develop that. And part of that has honed into, I've been able to build a company and leverage other people's time um, so that I can free up my time to take on other ventures and primarily to live the life I want to be living. Could I technically keep more money? Of course, but my lifestyle is amazing. I love it. Uh, thank you for going over that. So we're going to actually just get into the final five questions. Okay. Uh, but before we do, we have a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. If you're syndicating deals, you need to be at the first annual Raising Money Summit in Denver. Go now. This two-day event on November 17th and 18th will sell out. If you get your ticket today, you'll save $100. Go to realbluespruce.com slash OPM. That's realbluespruce.com slash OPM. All right, question number one. Justin Colby, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? 
Well, my development project was okay. damn creative. Let Let's me tell you that. Um, someone presented me an opportunity to buy some land that already had the foundation um, or the infrastructure, I should say, right? So all the underground development was done. Um, I've never been in development before, but I was just coming off an immense year of flipping homes. We did 96 rehab flips that year, made a shit ton of money. And I was like, oh, I'm the greatest, right? I'm going to take this whole project on. So, um, I was able to find someone to finance the entire acquisition of land. From there, I was able to leverage several lenders against each other until the original lender who acquired the land with us said, I want everyone out of the way and I'll give you the vertical lending. So not only was I able to get him to give me 100% of the acquisition of land, then 100% of the vertical lending. I came out at $0. Um, and it was because I just, I opened up the door to so many people giving in their um, bids, I guess you could say, or I'll lend you this, I'll, that inevitably the best offer came to rise and it came out to be the one lender. Um, I don't know in your world whether it's the most creative, but I was able to get basically $8 million worth of loans without putting a single dollar into it. And it was only because the numbers of the property spoke for themselves, first of all, but also I pinned everyone against each other. And so inevitably someone's going to be like, I'm just doing it right. That whole aggressive say, we're just going, I want the deal. And uh, so I didn't have to come out of pocket at all. I want to make sure I clarify on a couple things on this property. First off, the lender that you ended up going with, was he an equity partner or just lending debt? Debt. And then the second question is, who was your partners in this deal on the equity side? Uh, the person who brought me the deal was a 30-year general contractor. He was a developer in the boom. Um, and uh, he had a partner. So I was 50-50 partners with him and his partner. Awesome. Uh, the next question is, you talked about something called uh, vertical. So if you could just touch on what's the difference between what is horizontal, what is vertical, because not yeah. everybody is in the development game. Yeah. Well, you typically, when you buy land, right, you got to go vertical and that's a different loan, right? There's a rehab loan, hard money and all this other stuff. But typically if you're going to go and build, you will get a loan. Um, and I don't know if the banks necessarily call it this way, but it's a vertical loan, meaning it's building up from the ground. Um, there's an infrastructure loan that you can get when you buy raw land that has no plumbing, no anything underground. So they will give you a loan for the acquisition of land and then another loan for the infrastructure. Uh, then once you get the infrastructure, then you need to go vertical. So you got to create the pads um, from the pads and you got to go up. At least in Arizona, we have pads, right? Not everywhere does, but we have pads and then you got to go up. And so that's a whole nother loan to get that. And so, um, which is separate from if you just want to do a rehab, um, building is, is a whole nother beast. Yeah. So for the listeners, you can buy land and the entitlement process is, is your horizontal. That's something called horizontal. And then like what Justin Colby saying is when he's actually building up vertically, when he's building the building, that's called your vertical. And they have two different types of lending because one lender is going to usually the, on the horizontal, they'll lend usually 50% on the dollar on the vertical. Sometimes they'll actually lend on what the value is going to be. Is that accurate? Yeah. And that's why I use that example for my creative financing because I got 100% of all of it. I love it. Uh, so what, it, was, it was great. 
What's a book that you would recommend? One that I really, really appreciated was the Steve Jobs uh, autobiography. I don't think a lot of people give that enough credit to really learn the inner workings of that man. The movies do not do it justice. Like, don't tell me you know Steve Jobs because you watched the movie. It's a nice movie. It was fun. It had a good, you know, but that book really got me like, whoa. I like it. Now, what I, this next question is, is one of my favorites. Okay. That goes back to where you were exactly five years ago and mm -hmm. kind of paint us that picture and then tell us where will you be in five years from today? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, five years ago, we were just starting to get our feet under us, right? So if you think of a kid, a kid that no longer like kind of has to fall down every couple minutes, but like can literally just start walking um, and understands there's a little step. So they have to raise their foot a little higher when they kind of get that kind of stuff. Um, we were making well into the six figures, which um, was awesome. So we were really starting to gain some understanding of what was going on. Um, and then the transition from then to now, a lot of it we've already hit on. We put in a lot of systems and we learned how to hire and leverage other people's time to continue to grow. Because there's a certain level that if you're going to be doing it all yourself, you kind of peak out a little bit or you burn out. Um, and so we were able to find the right people, bring them into our business um, so that we could start to leverage and actually expand our opportunity here in Phoenix. And so that's where we were then is we had a small little one office with two people sitting in it five years ago. And now we have an office with 12 cold callers in it, two acquisition people, an operation manager, personnel manager, my personal assistant, um, project manager. And so much different level today than we were, were five years ago. In five years from today, Justin, what does it look like for you? I see my business, my core business will always remain the same. What I do see as a development is I will be having many bolt-on businesses that facilitate a larger business. So I'll be congruent with what I'm currently doing on a bunch of different levels. Um, I currently am a part owner and title company. So obviously that is congruent with what we're doing because we're closing 10 plus deals every single month. Um, I am working on a partnership with a buddy who is a hard money lender. So we're working out the terms on that. So I will be a hard money lender as well. Always congruent when you're wholesaling deals as well. Um, I am a part owner in a marketing company, uh, that, uh, focuses on not just PPC, but a large component of that is going to be online. Um, and so I just see myself being able to open up these opportunities, um, across the nation. I think I'm going to be in multiple markets here in the next five years, not, you know, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I could see myself, you know, doing that. And so, I think having those bolt-on businesses will just have a larger empire um, for being, I don't want to be too cliche, but you know, that's, yeah. that's what I'm going to be in five years. Throughout today's talk so far, to our discussion, I've heard you say multiple times ways that you're giving back, the way that you want to help other people. Um, but our next question is, how do you give back? Is there something else you want to touch on? Yeah, I mean... I have a purpose to be able to give back to others in terms of many facets. And so what has happened over time, my podcast started out pure real estate content, literally every little system that I was using, how to do it. And I still have a lot of that in there, but it's also transitioned into 
somewhat motivational, helping people get out of their own way to whether they want to quit their job, get out of the circumstance they're in, whatever that may be. Um, and so that has become a pretty big purpose for me. Um, the mastermind serves a great purpose for me because it gets deeply personal in there. Uh, we do talk 90% is just tactical real estate stuff, but the other 10% is I'm a successful entrepreneur, but I'm losing my marriage. I'm a successful entrepreneur, but I never see my kids. I'm a successful entrepreneur, right? And it yep. really gets very deep. Um, and we share our lives in our intimate moments with those people and try to help advise them to get through that. Late last year or either earlier this year, uh, we made a very large investment in a um, uh, development in Haiti so that we could put up 12 homes uh, in Haiti. And so we always want to be able to give back based around our successes, right? And it's not always financial. Um, it can be time, right? And so we're going to go over when that does get confirmed and already we're going to go over and actually put our hands and get our hands dirty and help build those houses for the Haitians um, who need it. And so those are just some things that we give back for. Today, we learned a lot about your mastermind and just masterminds in general. We talked a lot about your the boardroom mm -hmm. that you're doing with Sean Terry and who is your other partner in that? Kent Clothier. Kent Clothier. Awesome people. They both, uh, actually, no, Sean's never been on the podcast, but Kent okay. Clothier came with a lot of value as well. Talking about Great. reverse wholesaling. We've yeah. gone through your process of going from no, nothing in nine months and then getting your first two deals done that year, 20 deals, 40 plus deals, 90 plus deals, and now yeah. 100 we talked about systemizing online and partnering up with the right person that you make sure that you kind of allude to and yeah. let people know that he's there and you know he, he's a big part of the company, even though you might be the face of the company, always speaking or going on podcasts. So I appreciate you talking about that. So your listeners might think that I'm the only person in my company or Justin's the only person making his company successful, but we both have a good team around us. Justin, you said you had 12 cold callers, right? Yeah. 12 cold callers. And just the things that you've been able to do have been pretty remarkable. And I appreciate you going over them today. The one thing that I have you quoted as, and it's my favorite quote so far, is marketing is your lifeblood. Yep. The next phase is conversion. Once you start to actually bring and funnel that, those leads in, you just now need to understand how do you turn a lead into a prospect and start doing some deals. If the listeners want to be able to reach out to you and talk to you, how do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. So um, I'm making this drastic, huge shift in online and everything. But what I will do um, for your listeners uh, if you want to get a hold of me and you actually want to ask me questions, feel free to email me. Email me directly. If you want to work with me directly, mastermind questions about that stuff, info at thescienceofflipping.com. Got it all. And it's also in the show notes. So if you're driving, just scroll down later. Justin Colby, you brought so much value to the podcast. I really appreciate you going through everything that we talked about. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Of course. Thank you, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. If you're syndicating deals, you need to be at the first annual Raising Money Summit in Denver. Go now. This two-day event on November 17th and 18th will sell out. If you get your ticket today, you'll save $100. Go to realbluespruce.com slash OPM. That's realbluespruce.com slash OPM.